This is SportsCenter. Hi, and welcome back to Second Chance Cinema with MC and Spro. I'm Rudy, your review reader. Today I'll be reading the review for Draft Day, April 16th, 2014, by Keith Garlington of Keith and the Movies. Kevin Costner's 2014 movie trifecta continues with Draft Day, a football film about the backroom wranglings leading up to and during the NFL Draft. This certainly isn't the first sports movie focused on the front office instead of the field. Think Moneyball with helmets and shoulder pads. The two films actually have a lot in common. Both feature two strong central lead performances and both give cool cinematic insights into a little-known side of their sports. Interestingly, its similarities to Moneyball could be perceived as a bigger weakness. Both movies revolve around an audacious and headstrong team leader who bucks the system and conventional wisdom to build his team. They face constant resistance from ownership, scouts, and everyone in between, yet stake their job on their faith in their system. It's impossible not to see the resemblance. But despite the similarities, Draft Day still manages to feel like its own movie. In reality, football has become America's number one sport, so much so that even the NFL Draft has become must-watch television for fans. The fact that hectic and intense time frame is the setting for director Ivan Reitman's movie. The meat and potatoes of the movie is football, but you don't have to be well versed in the sport to understand what's going on. That said, understanding the landscape and the relationship between college football and the NFL gave me a deeper appreciation for the story. I love the manipulative and sometimes vulturous back and forths between GMs, each hungry to get the best steal. Then there's the turbulent draft preparation, which is itself fascinating, even without the story's added drama. All of this clicks, and even when you know the movie is stretching, it is still a ton of fun. But the biggest strength of the film is Kevin Costner. Talk about a strong performance. Costner reminds us why he became such a big star. It is a completely seamless and effortless performance that reveals so many of the characteristics and contradictions of this character. I also really love Jennifer Garner here. In the past, she's been the, an actress I have never given, given much attention. Here, she is razor sharp, and she is a welcome, strong, and confident female character. Even Dennis Leary, an actor I normally dislike, is really good, and I never get tired of watching Frank Langella. And then there, of course, there is the assortment of mandatory football-related cameos sprinkled throughout the film. Some are really cool, while others are really obvious. Draft Day could be accused of being too safe and by the book. It also follows several familiar sports movie tropes that you will immediately recognize. But the movie never chokes itself on them, and it remains compelling throughout. And that made Draft Day all the more interesting. Verdict? Four stars. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another record-breaking edition of Second Chance Cinema. I say record-breaking because it was the only kind of like sports-related thing I could come up with that also applied to well, podcasting. I don't know. We're not breaking any <laughs> records. I just, I, it was the first, like, I don't know, I thought in my head, oh, Tom Brady broke a bunch of records. He plays sports. <laughs> he plays football. And that's... I don't think you could just say record-breaking. Look, we're like really it. tired, okay? <laughs> we just moved... 10 different totes full of stuff up into an attic. We moved a bear all the way down into the basement. Like a life-size real bear. Like a, 
a black bear. Like I feel like my black bear name. It's named Brutus. He lived in the garage for a while. It was not terribly difficult. I would say it was probably about as comparable to moving your treadmill, kind of. Or the poker table. Or the poker table. Like, I feel like our listeners are like, so they just move shit and talk about movies? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we do. I mean, it was basically like, it was the same, it was more angles than like brute force. You mm. know, it was more just angles and calculations and stuff like that. That said, I'm going to take a moment to pause here and go unplug Alexa. <laughs> You can talk to the listener if you want while I'm over here. Hi, listener. I feel like we're at, on ACRN again, the Rock oh, Lobster, okay. and you got suspended for saying the word shit. Did that happen? You don't remember that? No. Yeah, you got suspended because you cursed. <sighs> they were already on our case because we me-tooed me the president of the radio station during the... Uh, no, she... she she was to blame there. Yeah. All we, we did was all we it, did was resist. Us too. <laughs> yeah. But then we called her out at the company meeting, right? Right. Because they had a little segment that the bonehead segment of the week and we went Here's you. one. Yeah. In front of everybody. Like we spoke up and then they were on they were making sure because we had the highest listenership. We did, which was okay. like twenty people, right at the ACRN Rock Lobster Keep in mind, this University. Is, this is a this is an internet radio, so this was like this would have been what sophomore year, freshman year, two thousand one, two thousand two, okay ish, and so you had to like <laughs> no freshman year, yeah, I think it was freshman year, so two thousand two thousand one, <laughs> you had to go sit in front of your computer and listen to the radio. <laughs> That's how lame it was. <laughs> and we took the hour where we could play whatever we want. So everybody's playing college rock, and we're playing Backstreet Boys and yeah, play yeah. whatever we want. We did we did all kinds of we did like contests, and we did all kinds of just stupid, stupid shit. And I'm not had, surprised we got suspended. Well, we had the highest numbers, right, to twenty, and then there was one night we're not even talking about the movie, and then there was one night that our the president of the radio station called us both over and we quickly realized that there was no party that she was inviting us to she was she was alone in her house drunk in her bedroom that reminds me of uh um fast times at ridgemont high where he's like there's no birthday party for me in here because <laughs> that's exactly what it was we were like oh cool maybe we're gonna get some kind of award <laughs> No, nope. it was not. <laughs> no. And so then they were gunning for us, and you said shit, and you got suspended. So then it was just me. So you think I had a target on my back? You did have that. a target. Well, we both did. Yeah. I gave them reason to, to yeah. get rid of me. And then so then I had to host the show by myself the next day, and I was just talking about how much I missed you on the radio station. Uh -huh. and, and somebody wrote in and said, tell that asshole to start playing music or something like that. <laughs> And I, I doubled down and I was like, I'm not going to play music because this is my hour now and I miss my friend MC. I'm flattered. That's and I, I, I wish, but I more so don't wish that that recording was available because who knows what trouble you're getting into with recordings from youth. But also, it would have been nice to hear. Yeah. I had no idea. I don't remember getting suspended. I hope she learned her lesson and didn't sexually harass any other redheaded or blonde-headed little boys. With there it is. Hopes and aspirations. There it is. We just wanted to be... She was like the Harvey Weinstein of, <laughs> of, of the college radio station. So. Oh, you can decide what to edit out of all that. Um, None of it. I mean, it was... It was the, you know, it's memories. It was... It this was, is how we got started. This is how we... This is kind of how we became close friends, really. It was a ride to graduation that just... Uh, kind of sort of materialized out of nowhere mm. and then we ended up going to school together and we were both kind of weird so we hung out with each other <laughs> instead of other popular people and look at us now look at us now sitting at my dining room table <laughs> hands dirty just having moved a bear we've made it we have we've made it speaking of making it <laughs> that 
the, the whole week. Well, you didn't let me get there. <laughs> you didn't let me get there. Speaking of making it, Sonny Weaver Jr. is about to make it his team in the film that we're going to be talking about today, Draft Day, which is the story of the dear to our hearts, oft maligned, and just can't seem to do much right sports franchise, the Cleveland Browns, and literally a movie based around what might be the most boring day in all of professional sports, <laughs> the NFL draft. And yet somehow it becomes infinitely exciting. But it's actually more exciting. I mean, have you ever watched like the MLB draft or the NBA draft? Can't say I have. The no. NBA draft for the suits. Yes. For the, <laughs> for the players' suits and stuff, but not not like so it's like uh, the Met Gala week for you you're just there mm. for the fashion I would love a red carpet of the NBA draft suits <laughs> although lately I don't think it's been as like egregious but I remember back around like 08, 09 I feel like there were some pretty righteous suits going on <laughs> you know just like the Steve Harvey like yeah. like that kind of thing coming from someone who's played fantasy football I stopped this season but before that I'd played for probably like I don't know 20 years or something those drafts are a little bit more exciting obviously because you have something at stake personally with the NFL draft it's just this like I don't know it's just such a boring anticlimactic event because either what happens is what you thought was going to happen or it doesn't happen and then it's just you like scratching your head like what right you know it's not like Wrestlemania where (laughs) where Hulk Hogan returns and and it's big and exciting and stuff like that it's just kind of like okay here there's a guy reading off a card and he said this name I want to introduce my dog Leo playing with his chew toy in the background. You can take that away from him if you want. Leo is a three-legged dog and he's just ridiculously awesome. So we give him a little bit of leeway with his chew toys here <laughs> while we're recording. But anyway, draft day for me, that was the thing that I came into this movie like, how the hell is this even going to work? Because draft day, other than the maybe the Heisman Trophy presentation, probably the most boring evening in all of sports. And somehow they did it. They made it, like, exciting. They, this movie reminded me of the movies that we love. Boiler Room, Wall Street. the like cli- movie. Yeah, the climax of this movie. And even sort of, like, the buildup were all rooted in, like, those types of situations where he's, like, trying to close a deal. Yep. Well, I also... It's, like, three years after Moneyball that this came out, right? So they, that was, like, the first time that you saw sports and the business of kind of any given Sunday as well. Like, it was more about the business of I football. hate that movie. Do you? Why? It's just such a cartoon. Like, it's just so... It's just... I, I don't know. One thing is, I... I I really, really have a hard time following when sports movies don't use, like, the NFL or the NBA. Like, Well, that's the thing is, right, is, like, the NFL is, like, hardcore, you cannot use our stuff. Right. And that's why, like, The Last Boy Scout, right? That was, like... Right. I, it, Ain't it, life a bitch. Stallions? Was that I don't, there? I just, I don't remember that much. Um, but, like, the... What were they even in any given Sunday? It was the... Miami Sharks. The Sharks, that's right. And it was just, like, these really weirdly colored uniforms with stupid logos and like i checked out kind of halfway then and then i just i don't know i just didn't didn't love it and i think with like the nfl like i think they know that they have an image issue so they started like allowing it a little bit more like they first i think allowed it concussion Concussion. right was that before this movie oh yeah uh And I'm not sure how that helped their image exactly. I think they were just being honest with their image, right, at that point. Well, credit to them. Then. And then That's... with this one, it's, you know, it's everywhere. I mean, this one was like, so this this made me happy as a Clevelander because this is, like, we all we need is a Cavs movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then maybe like a, you know, 
Cleveland Rockers or like a Lake Erie Monsters or whatever. You know there's going to be a, a Cavs movie about 2016. Well, there's a, a remake of House Party coming out where they go to LeBron's and have that party yep. at his house. So That's on, that's streaming right now. Oh, really? Yep. So between that and Space Jam 2 or whatever it is. I didn't see Space Jam 2. Me neither. Um, <laughs> but we're kind of close, I suppose. But yeah, full on Cleveland Cavs movie. Smith. And oh, man. And we would have the, uh, the, the hat trick. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's awesome. I mean, I, I tried to think of other sports teams or cities that could say that, that they have like two, okay. well, one, one undebatably great movie in Major League. And this one that we're about to talk about, which is debated by some people, but really like solid movies, right? Yeah. I mean, I know 80 for Brady just came out about the Patriots. <laughs> so I heard no good things. I heard no things at all. <laughs> <laughs> that movie just like a well, like it wasn't a, made for us. I, it was not. No, you're right. But you would think you'd hear a little bit about it. Instead, it was just like a, it was just like a, a fart passed in the night. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear a thing about it. But I couldn't think. My point being, I, I couldn't think of another move, another city with such emphatic sports movies based around them. Well, I'd take it back to like the point before your point was that of how excited you were to go and see this movie. Like we have Major League. Like we have one of the greatest baseball movies of all time mm-hmm. centered around our baseball team. So mm-hmm. you, there was that hype going in to see Draft Day. Like I was like, oh man, are they going to make a Cleveland Browns movie? Like the same, like as good as Major League, this is going to be phenomenal. But also as a filmmaker living in Cleveland who loves Cleveland Film. There's something about movies that are shot here mm-hmm. that I don't like. Oh, really? Like there's there's always like something. So you were missing. not a fan of Double Dragon. Was Double Dragon shot completely? The bad guys' headquarters was Tower City with the dancing fountains. Was it supposed to be Cleveland? Mm, no, I think it was supposed to be L.A. Okay, so like Cleveland. Okay, let me let me. Movies set in Cleveland, shot in Cleveland. Yes. Okay. Movies that are like you're like this is going to be Cleveland centric. This is going to be pro Cleveland and everything like that are usually missing a little bit of something. Major League, not. Mm-mm. It's not missing that. But, like, movies like The Land and American Splendor and, like, um, even A Christmas Story, which was... I don't think it was entirely shot here. The only thing I know about A Christmas Story is that they used mashed potato flakes for the snow. <laughs> fact there's some kind of tarnish to the things that are shot here there's a taint yeah like uh there's white boy rick was another thing like it's either like the movie's not coming together or the 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 cinematography or the image or anything like that this movie is beautiful oh this this movie makes cleveland look beautiful that's and that's another thing too the and i don't know if you'd call it cinematography or like editing or like a combination of both but the stuff they do with the split screens and the stuff that they do with what are obviously like drone or helicopter shots surrounding the city and then the titles come across cleveland home of the browns you're like fuck this is legit yeah well even like he's at a gas station right like under the bridge oh you by can, the flats that yeah i totally know that gas, yeah 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 mm-hmm. but the coloring there you're like oh my gosh the trees look so green like thank mm-hmm. god because usually when people shoot in cleveland they're like we're gonna make this look like detroit you know and it's like we're not where detroit. was the <laughs> um, where was the water park that they went to supposed to be? That was in Aurora. Was that supposed to be Geauga Lake? I think so, yeah. Okay. So he just took them to <laughs> condemn Geauga Lake and then just... But it was like, nah, because Geauga Lake now looks like a haunted amusement park. Like, it is It's been shut up. down, right? Yeah. So I don't know necessarily where they filmed that. Could have been Cedar Point. So how did, uh, 
How did Frank Langella get into Geauga Lake with, like... He's the owner of the Browns. I mean, I guess. That's true. I All mean, right. Before we get ahead of ourselves, because we, we're we obviously very passionate about this movie, and this one kind of came up as, like, a random, like, hey, we should do draft day, right? Like Literally after we uh, recorded Spree. You right. know, like, I think draft day could work, and we're like, but that's next. Because I, I remember I watched it, and then I looked it up, and not shocked, I suppose, at how poorly it performed, but I enjoyed it so much that it was kind of hard to believe. Well, um, I also, I mean, I brought it because I was at the rap party for draft day. Oh, yeah. That's we'll, when I... We'll talk about that. Okay. And, and I think we can officially crown the Second Chance Cinema official sweetheart of the podcast. I think it's going to end up, I mean, we we gush about her every time she's <laughs> she's in a movie, and she's awesome in this one, too, Jennifer Garner. But so, before we get into it, let's go ahead, and we're going to play the trailer, and we are going to... We got to... Okay. I thought you were just going to go right to the trailer. I was like, Oh no, we're going wheel. to we're going to tee up the wheel of poetry here, and the wheel of poetry is our longest standing tradition. Maybe for season four, like you keep saying, we should get a uh, like a sweet person? a sweet British voiceover to explain the wheel of poetry because I always do it, and I do it like kind of half ass. Do you want to do it this time? No, uh, I think we should get like a <laughs> look. How I just shot that down. Uh, I was no. thinking like a raspy Latino, somebody that sounds cooler than Rudy. I was going to say like Rudy, but more. Like Danny Trejo. I was going to say leaning toward Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. Like Rudy, but like AJ from the Backstreet Boys, kind of. Like Cheech. I'll let you decide if you want to keep that in there. Why? No, I don't know. Is I something can't... going wrong with Cheech? No, doesn't Cheech have a... Now I can't listen. I can't hear Cheech's voice. All I can hear is Cheech from From Dust Till Dawn. That's what Apple <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe we could find him. Wheel so. of Poetry. <laughs> we got toast. We got acrostic. We got limerick. If you can find a better form of poetry, write it. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to leave it at that. That's basically what it is. All right, so we're going to play the trailer. Uh, before we do, though, let me spin. <laughs> Haiku. So we've landed on haiku, which is our oldest OG form of poetry. It's a poem in which the first line has five syllables, the second has seven, the third has five. It's like a breath of fresh air. It is kind of. I feel like we did one not too long ago, but um, I can't remember when. So (laughs) haiku. Here we go. The trailer for Draft Day. This is the draft day Browns fans were waiting for. Sonny, I hope you're listening. You run this team. You're the general manager. You can fix Hey, Tom. Hey, Sonny. Sonny. Every year, someone comes out of this looking like a donkey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good, because tomorrow I got a feeling it could be you if you don't make this deal. Let's talk about the draft. I need you to make a splash, Sonny. If you can't do it, then I have to do it. Just to be clear here, you're threatening to fire me, Ryan. Your job is to coach a team I give you. They do it different in Dallas? Yeah, they do. They win. A lot. How is it that the ultimate prize in the most macho sport ever invented is a piece of jewelry? Can we talk football? We can always talk football. I just want the team that I want one time. You see things other people don't see. Rewind that back to the start of the play. That's one of the things I love about you. All that matters is what you think. Write your own story, Sonny. You want this team's future back. Let's get busy. Draft day. History in the making. 224 young men are about to become players in the National Football League. Bo Callahan, he's the surefire slam dunk number one pick. Trade me. I'm going to do what's best for the team. This is the draft analysis we've all been working on for the last two months. 
made a trade with the Seahawks. Sonny, that's our future. You sold a cow for magic beans. How does the entire world already know about this, Mom? Because I just tweeted it. You're on Twitter? You're not. I love having the number one pick. <laughs> I hope that you would. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. It's go time, boss. You're going rogue. Who are you going to take? What's happening? Who are you picking? You son of a... I need five minutes, and then you can fire me. I got Tom Michaels on the line. Sonny, are we trading six? I quit, Sonny. Don't quit. See what I do from here. You're going to like this. The football world is in shock, wondering what exactly the Cleveland Browns' Sonny Weaver Jr. is cooking up here. You're not going to believe what's happening. You make this deal right now, say it with me. An absolute stutter. Okay, screw it. No more offer. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? That was a great trailer. It was. And again, what blows my mind is that they were able to make draft day so exciting. <laughs> like, it's just, I cannot understand the people that go to, like, Radio City Music Hall and sit there for the draft. Yeah. No. Like, I cannot think of a more boring place to be. But the, the thing, you watch college football, right? Absolutely. See, and I... So, so, like, when it comes to draft day, like, that's the first time I'm hearing any of these kids' names, right? That is, like, going uh, through okay. So, I feel like you have to, one, be a huge fan of college football, and then, like, pretty much be following a kid's career and being like, that's the kid I want on my, mm-hmm. on the team that I will take my shirt off in sub-zero degree temperatures and right. paint my body green and white or whatever it is, you know, right. like, so it's those kind of people that are going to go to that. And then even still, like, as for watching college football as much as I do, which I love about this movie not just because it was Ohio State but the college football elements of this movie were just really really awesome but I was going to say the draft then like it really like it it rarely means anything I mean Tom Brady was drafted 99th I think Dan Marino was like 6th round or something and Ryan Leaf huge bust early pick like Tom Brady was 6th round wasn't it? No wasn't Tom Brady the 99th pick in the draft I thought that was like his stat but either way I mean he's the greatest pro quarterback of all time and the draft meant nothing in that regard pick 199 sorry 199 yeah. that's even worse <laughs> that's a hundred worse than what i imagined but the draft is just like it's darts at a board i guess is 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 what makes it weird for me to get excited about because you never know yeah but i mean like then you think about uh fantasy right and the people that get together for their fantasy drafts well that's whatnot. different because you're like with i mean that there there's there's competition there there i don't know maybe it's not that different but I just, yeah like the emotions seem like the same like when they were like looking at the board and they're like oh philadelphia takes such and such and then like the whole room deflates it's like oh god like that was my pit you know well, like, if it was your job it would be different yeah like if it was your job to predict the future basically then it, i could see a lot more you know nervous eating and drinking and excitement and all that kind of stuff that they showed in the movie just watching it on tv it's just kind of like or or i can imagine even being there the only fun of being there seems like to boo at roger goodell every time he comes out on stage there you go come on Yeah, like Which, I think, like what I like about this movie is it takes you behind the scenes, right? Like, yeah, it, it it shows you because when we're watching it, I'm usually at Winking Lizard or something, like that, and you're just sitting there waiting. You're like ten minutes, like don't you know what's going on and right. whatnot? So you don't understand like the amount of phone conversations that are going on, right? And then the amount of nervousness that happens, like right when you wake up, that these guys are like, "This is 
this is the biggest day of their lives, right? Like, and I totally career. get that because of this movie. <laughs> so let's read our poems. Um, okay. We got haikus about draft day. You want to go first? Yeah, mine right. is pretty much uh, just a joke. <laughs> Mine's a joke too. Okay. Aaron Goldhammer, obviously the worst part of a great movie. Who's Aaron Goldhammer? Aaron Goldhammer is... Uh, do you know Tony Rizzo? From? From Sports Radio, Cleveland oh, Sports Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, So he's, Tony Rizzo's talking all over this movie, right? And Aaron Goldhammer is his, like, sidekick on the radio. But Aaron Goldhammer's, like, literal job is to infuriate Cleveland, like, the listeners. So Where, who was he in this movie? They're just voices, like, oh. voiceovers. Like, every time they're listening to the radio about, like, whether Sonny, Sonny Weaver, Weaver sh- yeah. fired his old man, that yeah. guy. Okay. This is the draft day Browns fans were waiting for. Sonny Weaver Jr., hold it off. When you were like, I want all my picks back, and I want David goddamn Putney because I feel like it. Like, how did you come up with that? I was pissed. Aaron, look at who we have right now. Uh, let me break it down. Vontae Mack, the guy who plays with more passion and inspiration than anyone in college football. He's a Brown. Ray Jennings, the running back the Browns have needed for years. A return man to help out on special teams mm. and Riz, just like we wanted, Brian Drew back at quarterback, where he belongs. I don't even want to hear about Bo Callahan. If he thinks Callahan's a bust, who am I going to argue with that? He turned nothing into a big-time something. Smile for the cameras, coach. This is a day for Cleveland to celebrate. Aaron Goldhammer. So I had, I dated a girl once who was in a golf tournament with Tony Rizzo and Aaron Goldhammer. They were able to, she was able to go golf against the Pittsburgh sports radio station. So it was Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, (laughs) but, you know. You heard it here first. She heard from them that Aaron Goldhammer literally knows his job is to infuriate Cleveland. Like, he doesn't have these opinions, really. He's got to be the guy. He's a character. With a differing opinion. So people hate click and, you know, like, hate comment and, like, just right, right, right. Um, hate listen, I guess. And so, like, the fact that this man is raising people's blood pressures so they listen to him infuriates me. Well, so he's in this movie. but and, obvi- and in the movie, he's doing the exact same thing. He's, like, he's that voice that's, like, down playing Kevin Costner and being like, I don't know, you know, like, we're going to kick him out of town, you know, like, and it's like... I didn't know that was. I had no idea. I that's how much. See, ever since I got suspended from the radio, I've I've <laughs> shunned radio broadcasting. Um, very clearly, some PTSD for me, which I didn't know until you helped me unpack it. So thank you. Yeah, not a problem. <clears throat> My poem: Cleveland rocks. Go Browns. What's worse than being a fan? Vontae Max phone case. Were you as annoyed by his phone case as I was? You didn't like the brass knuckles? No. <laughs> what an just a stupid asinine thing. Like because because every time he put it on, he had to like. I mean, it's like putting on a small glove. Like, he, he had to find, like, the finger holes, and then he had to, like, twist his hand to hold it the right way. It was the most, it was the dumbest phone case I've ever seen. Yeah, but the kids nowadays, the kids nowadays, they have those little poppet sockets like, That's on the different, back. though. That's at least, like, you hold it, like, you you do, like, the, what is this, the Star Trek thing? Yeah. And, like, kind of slide up. <laughs> And um, you just kind of like rest it on the. But you can't hold phones. Like you can't hold. Like they've been holding phones for like general. Like he's never. Once, are you agreeing with me or disagreeing? I think I'm just angry at the puppets. Oh, I'm I mean, disagreeing. The puppets, like I feel like the brass knuckles. That's kind of cool. I disagree. I think it's I mean, cooler than the cool, puppet. Cool looking, but yeah. functional. Like as soon as you try to take your phone out, like to me it would be easier just to grab the phone like wide around the knuckles than slide them through and be like, hey, what's up? I'm a tough guy. But you could be listening. You know 
people are like, don't, don't, you know, listen on your phone in a bad neighborhood because they're going to be like, oh, he's distracted. I'm going to jump him. Monte Mac, if he gets jumped, doesn't even have to let go of his phone because his brass knuckles are ready to go. Do you think those were real brass knuckles? If so, that makes it even stupider. I would say it makes it even cooler. No, I think. This is probably our biggest argument. (laughs) Second chance of my history. I'm proud of that. I think he, I think he bought that from a kiosk at Great Northern Mall. Some dude. Like my pager? Like, like your pager. Exactly. Or like right outside of Claire's after, you know, get your ears pierced and there's the telecom wireless or whatever. And in the glass case is this silly, just goofy looking brass knuckles phone case made out of plastic and silver paint, whatever. Definitely not real brass knuckles because that would be heavy as shit to hold up to your ear for an extended period of time. Yeah, maybe. I I saw it and I was like, you can do better. Get a nice (laughs) sleek Buckeyes phone case, right? Like get, get a Buckeyes phone case with the helmet stickers, like... You're the stud of the Ohio State Buckeyes. You can do better. Was, did they get, like, Buckeye approval, or was it just the jerseys that we were watching? No, they used game footage. They used actual game footage. And, From um, the Buckeyes? Yeah. Oh, um, nice. So they had, so let's see if I can summarize this movie real quick. So <laughs> Sonny Weaver, Kevin Costner, is the GM of the Cleveland Browns. It's draft day, which you might have guessed, and he has to make a splash by drafting somebody who's going to be Cleveland's football savior. All signs point to this quarterback out of Nebraska, Bo Callahan, who's like your typical college quarterback looking guy. Tall, handsome, you know, like corn fed white dude. What was the dude from the program? Uh, Joe Kane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like Joe Kane. Way less sweet than Joe Kane, though. Bo Callahan was a douche. Well, he slicked his hair back, too. Like, he put water in his hair, where Joe Kane just let the Dawson Leary... Do we want to talk about Joe Kane's hairline again? Because I know we've had this conversation several times. You know... I mean, Joe Kane is a a football icon. Um, Way better quarterback than Bo Callahan. So, Bo Callahan is the the one that everybody assumes is going to be the number one pick to whichever team gets it. Start of the movie, the Seattle Seahawks have the number one pick. Sonny Weaver and the Brown, well, Sonny Weaver by himself, trades for the number one pick, a ridiculous trade, his next three years of first round picks, so that he can get Bo Callahan because he's under pressure from fans, the owner, who I forget the owner's name, Molina, I think. Mm. And I keep wanting to say Alfred Molina, but that's not it, right? No. Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. Yeah. What's his name? Molina. Uh, Anthony Molina. Anthony, that's what it is. You can fire me in five minutes, Anthony. Yeah, (laughs) Anthony. And so at the beginning of the movie, Sonny writes down, you don't see it, on this green post-it. He writes something down, shoves it in his pocket. Then we go through the whole drama of draft day, which like you said, and maybe this is why I don't appreciate it, because we have no idea what is going on behind the scenes. Yeah. All we see is 10 minutes where we're bored. And we're waiting for the commissioner to come out and read somebody's name off a card. But well, most of the time you're disappointed, right? Most of the time, yeah. I mean, the, that was that was basically the climax of the movie was Sonny trading away his first pick, uh, trading away his picks to get the first pick, and then picking Vontae Mack, who I believe was an outside linebacker from Ohio State. Yeah, played by Chaz- Chadwick Boseman. Which, like I told you, I saw this movie I think long after Black Panther. Didn't see it in the theater. Just kind of caught it like on Cinemax or whatever. And I didn't know that was him for the first. <laughs> like 10 minutes or so because I, I think probably because Black Panther was the first movie I'd ever seen him in a major role and I so I was associating him with like the Wakandan accent and the you cadence didn't see and 42? stuff like, I don't think so no, the is that the Jackie, Jackie Robinson? Robinson no yeah he looked different like he looked he looks in this movie he looks a lot like not shorter but kind of like wider and stouter than I remember T'Challa looking like and so it just t- it took me a minute then he put that stupid phone case up to his <laughs> ear and I was like holy shit that's Chadwick Boseman he was 
awesome in this movie. Yeah. Well, I want like a poster of him in the Browns uniform. That's Vontae Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Running out the tunnel in the end. So he plays the the stud player from Ohio State who everybody's kind of looking at, but this kid Bo Callahan is so shiny and new and whatever that he's just the focus of the draft. Well, and Vontae Mack had uh, disciplinary issues. No, Ray Jennings had disciplinary issues. Is that what you're thinking of? Ray Jennings is the running back. Who got into a fight. But right. Vontae Mack got suspended from the game for... He got ejected from the game for giving the football away to a, a fan who we later learn is his sister, yep. who we later, later learn passed away of leukemia. Yep. So there's this whole, and and that's the other thing too. Ray Jennings is kind of like a like a secondary, tertiary character. His father is played by Terry Crews, which of course, if you need a football guy, call Terry <laughs> Crews. And Terry Crews was a Browns legend, wants his son to play for the Browns. And his son, who's Ray Jennings, was running back, I think out of Florida State. During the off season or something, got into a brawl. And we're kind of left with like these murky details of what that was. Um, and throughout the movie, he he's not in it a ton, but every time he is, he sort of like sort of pleads his case in a way that you're like, okay, this isn't a bad kid. He just kind of was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Weird thing, I think like the thing that I didn't realize was the direct access that players and whatnot have to the, like these general managers, mm-hmm. I guess, because they're all like calling Sonny, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's how do you get his number? Right. Well, I'm sure like because the combine and like the interviews oh, yeah. and stuff like that like they're all kind of talking but yeah i think uh kevin costner sonny even says like how'd you get this number and then vante's like you gave it to me and it's that was oh do you think he was bullshitting yeah oh really yeah i think it was like you don't remember like at the party you gave it to me and like i never caught that kevin costner also gives a look like uh whatever i'm not gonna fight you you know like what do you want and uh oh the other thing is cleveland brown's does have one fight that reminded me of Ray Jennings in like their history. Do you remember which fight that is? On the field? Not on the field, but like at a club afterwards, one of our players punched one of our most famous sports figures friend in the face and then was traded shortly like the week after that. Was it recent? Or no. like when we were in 2008-2009? I'm going to know it as soon as you say it. So Braylon Edwards punched LeBron's friend. That fucking Michigan douchebag and then traded like the next week the Jets have reached an agreement to acquire wide receiver Braylon Edwards from the Browns Lauren Shahadi here with in a flash presented by AT&T Pete Frisco our NFL columnist joining us on the other line Pete Edwards to the Jets for Chauncey Stuckey linebacker Jason Tresnick and a couple of draft picks how this deal go down well, I mean, you punch a 130-pound kid in the mouth on Sunday night, and Eric Mangini's your coach. You're going to get your wish. You're going to get traded. So he goes from the Browns to the Jets, from a disaster to a playoff contender. I mean, it's a good deal for Braylon Edwards, and he got what he wanted. From the people I talked to, Braylon Edwards uh, is kind of a baby, and he hated Cleveland. He wanted out of there. Uh, he got his wish, and now he's on his way to the Jets. And Braylon Edwards hasn't played that well, but when Braylon Edwards gets to the Jets, He's going to play very well. I saw the Jets last week. They had problems at wide receiver. The one thing that they did at New Orleans that was real noticeable was the fact that their wide receivers didn't win. Braylon Edwards can win. If it's heads on right, he's going to be a good acquisition for the Jets. The NFL investigating accusations that he insult, assaulted a man outside of a nightclub. Is this is a suspension a legitimate worry or would that be a total surprise to you? No, I think it's a possibility, but but again, you have to wait and see how the whole process plays out. And sometimes those legal processes take a lot longer than than the league processes. So I think I think uh, a suspension is a possibility, but for how long? One game, maybe. The Jets need him for the stretch run, and that's the most important thing. 
Good. Right? Like, but I mean, Good like, riddance. <laughs> it was such, like, a funny, like, kind of like, wait, you punch LeBron, like, you punch a Cavs player's friend and then get, like, I mean, away? it's not, I, 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 I don't remember that. I'm not surprised because Michigan's trash. <laughs> but um, when we get to the end of the show, like I mentioned to you earlier, I've, I've come up with a sort of like an epilogue for all of these characters as if they were really part of the Browns franchise and the Browns lore and the Browns unfortunate luck. And we'll get to that. Although I don't think, no, Ray Jennings is on here. Oh, he's got a good one. Ray Jennings has a good one. (laughs) We'll get to that at the end. The only one I couldn't figure out was the second chance cinema sweetheart. Jennifer, Jennifer Garner's Garner. Alley. I couldn't figure out where she would go and what she would do. So, you know, noodle over that while we're talking. Because she's she's in this movie as the... I, do we ever get her actual title? She's the numbers girl. She's a lawyer, but what's her... And she's she she does all the salary cap yeah, stuff. Yeah, and the but contracts. And does everything. she have a, an actual title there? I mean, I don't like... I don't know what that job title is, I guess, for anyone, not just in this movie. <laughs> but... um. And she also plays Kevin Costner's love interest. Oh, Allie Parker, the team's salary cap analyst. Okay, I could have guessed that. <laughs> I thought there was some. I thought there was some like way more intriguing title than that. But um, semi-secret girlfriend, Allie. Parker. Right. Um, and this might be the part where I think the movie kind of like lost its footing. Was trying to like I didn't I didn't dislike it, but I could see people going into the movie and not necessarily even being turned off in the sense of like, oh, this is a sports movie. We don't need romance because look at Major League. That was a romance. Oh, there yeah, rom- a beautiful that. romance story in that. And I think what might have hindered this movie was trying to cram so many storylines in when they probably could have done away with. Like I didn't really give a shit about his fight with his mother or right. or anything Although like that. Although Barkin is like fantastic. In the movie. I mean, she was great. She played a wonderful bitch. Like <laughs> she she played exactly that character but you like know. i even like felt you know like she was like did we need rosanna arquette you know like as his ex-wife ex-wife just no not there. at all we didn't need that but i mean like i when she was like i just come on i just want to like spread the ashes and whatnot like that fight there i guess when you watch a movie you kind of put yourself in like the the character's shoes right like if i ever threw a laptop across the room and put a hole in the wall and fr- like because my mother An made me intern's so angry. laptop a yeah. poor intern's laptop but he's I was on like, the list too i think i would never would never like I don't think I could ever forgive myself if I like made like if I had that such aggression in front of my poor sweet Lucille of a mother, you know. Well, you could never be the Browns GMs, bro. <laughs> I guess not. Because that fire is what takes Sonny to the end and it makes him win the day. Like all the stuff revolving around the players, I thought was pretty decent. But then I started wondering, like, why they thought and and the story with Allie, the love story. I get it. They're kind of this couple. They they work together. They're romantically involved. You know, that's that's kind of more of a like a human interest appeal for the movie. I get that. I get that. There were times when it was kind of like a little awkward, like like when he would pull her into the equipment closet or whatever that was like i need to talk to you outside of here but we have to go in this dark equipment closet and they did that like two or three times yeah she was like not there again i don't know what the point of what the purpose of that was i suppose maybe just like hey guys we want you to know they're really keeping this relationship a secret by sneaking into the equipment closet that everybody knows they're in I so I lost my notes before this recording, but I'm so glad that I remembered this one tidbit that I wanted to share with you. Hit me. This film won one award. Best sound from the Alliance of Film Women Film Journalists. Really, <laughs> our friends, our friends. Oh, from oh no, it was a nominee for the EDA Special 
mention award. Do you want to guess out of all those that I? They had those with you? really weird categories, right? Like they were really specific categories. This like, was like, this was, like, category they, was wait, your wait, least wait, favorite. My least favorite. Your least. Your, I mean, all of that shit. I remember their categories were like. Worst movie starring Jennifer Garner released in 2018 was like one of the categories. Not really, but um, so. Oh, who, who's your agent? No, well, that's what she won, or that's what she was nominated for for Peppermint. That she needed a new agent. New it when it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. Is this the movie being nominated or her being? This nominated? is the movie. Uh, she is special mentioned in the nomination. I give up. Most egregious age difference between the leading man and the love interest was what? Kevin Costner and Jennifer Gardner. Kevin Costner born 1955 and Jennifer Gardner in 1972. I can't do that math. 17 years. You're that's that's the I mean off the top of my head I can't think of anything to refute that but that can't be the most egregious maybe that year like did they do it yearly right uh, yeah so maybe that year is that a category that they have every year yeah really yeah who won it the year before I don't know but just so you know the other nomination was for Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt that was Emily a great Blunt. movie yeah but the age difference bro how the what? age <laughs> Tom Cruise is what like 30 <laughs> Um, and then, In Scientology years, Tom Cruise is 30 years old. The winner was Magic and the Moonlight, which I never even heard of, but Colin Firth and Emma Stone were the winners because Colin Firth was born in 1960 and Emma Stone 1988. Tom Cruise is like, what, 60 in human years, but like 30 in Scientology years? He was born in 62. So pretty close. So yeah, so about 60. And Emily Blunt is younger than us? Probably. Everybody's younger than us, bro. We're, we're old, man. Everybody's younger than us. Well, I don't. This, what's the name of this organization again? No, lie. you know what? No, no, don't, don't, don't give them any. Don't promote them. <laughs> Most egregious difference in age. That's just like, how bored are you over right. there that you have to come up with these these categories? It's, Whatever. <laughs> We'll die on the Jennifer Garner Hill together. <laughs> yeah. We will link arms and we will defend that. We will defend that wall. The Jennifer Garner is our sweetheart. Yeah, wall. apparently they have it out for her. Like, they're just I watching guess, all the yeah. Jennifer Garner movies. Because be like, when did this come out? This was 2014. So this came out before Peppermint. Yes. Yeah, right? See, years and day. years and years ago. Years and years and years <laughs> and years ago. Like, decades ago. This came out before Peppermint. Not decades. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. Um, before Peppermint. And man, they're still going after her. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get the hate for Jennifer for Garner. And she was great in this movie. She was, there were constant scrutiny on her because sort of it was a known fact, but not said out loud that her and Sonny were a thing. She got shit from his mom. She kind of got shit from the ex-wife. She got shit from Dennis Leary. And she batted it back like like she held her own. She was awesome. Well, she was like most likely the smartest person in the room, like numbers oh, wise. Totally. Right? I mean, like, I mean, she was they didn't really give her that moment to be like, oh, I'm the most brilliant, you know, football executive here. But even so, like, because he was like when he took back his offer, right, like when he got his picks and then he was like deals off the table and then he like Putney, goes on mute. Yeah. Special teams. Putney. She's the one that brought she, that. Well, name so up. she was she was a football girl. Right. Is what she was. And she showed that beautifully like she and she said that a couple times too like i think when she was um like trading jabs with dennis leary when they were eating or whatever uh-huh. she talked about how she grew up watching football and all that and then yeah she was always going back to, like when he talked about uh the super bowl with joe montana she like thought for a minute but then she rattled off like the exact series of plays and all that and yeah like she was very very um and it wasn't corny like that could have been very corny you know, like it could have been very obvious and like ham-fisted, like we're going to write all these lines for the female character to show that she knows all about football. And I don't know if that was the writing or if that was her 
delivery God, or whatever. She stepped up like Aaron Andrews. <laughs> but she was um, she was great. She was uh, she had like the highest football IQ um, in the room. And what's what was weird too was that all of his assistants were kind of half painted as these like bumbling, right? Like not not to the point of like you know just like slapsticky but there's the scene where they're supposed to be researching Bo Callahan and they're like on the website dedicated to all the girls he slept with which I don't know how that's like 2014 wasn't that long ago but there's no way that website exists today like in probably not in no. this there's no way that a college football player would have that website up for long today um, were they on like I thought they were just pontificated no they said like there's a whole website dedicated to all the chicks he slept with no like there, like there was an actual like Bo Callahan has slept with these girls dot com, is what they were implying. So back to Bo Callahan, like there's it's funny because there's there's a player like this every draft, um, and I think they did a decent job of kind of painting him as like this insecure fraud almost. Uh-huh. They show clips of him, you know, like in college getting sacked by Vontae Mack four times in one game. And they go back and they go over the footage over and over and over until finally it's Sonny that realizes even though Bo Callahan went on to throw for like five touchdowns that game and beat them at the last second or whatever, Sonny notices that it's only because Vontae wasn't in the game. Like he's scared of Vontae Mack. And that's not a pressure quarterback. That's not a quarterback that can lead a team. And they just did a really, really good job of kind of like examining all of that little like minutia that you that you have to have a specific type of brain, like football brain, to realize. And obviously, it's a movie. It was written that way. It was written to paint Sonny this way. But it was again. It just kind of goes back to that. Like it's interesting to see the behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, one shout out to Sean P. Diddy Combs. Yeah. I thought he did really well. I mean, he. I guess. Because, like, really, your focus is on Bo Callahan and, like, what's going on with him. Because this whole thing is, like, a film noir story of, like, him trying to figure out... Everybody's trying to figure out why not Bo Callahan, right? Oh, like a whodunit almost? Yeah. And so, like, and really... It's a great analogy, yeah. Like, the one guy, like, feels like a P.I., right? Who's like, guess what I just heard, you know? Oh, yeah, that guy was great. (laughs) That guy was great. He comes in with his secret files. He's like, yeah, let me tell you this story about Bo Callahan. And really, the story's, I guess, like, kind of truly did happen of like the taping the hundred dollar bill to the back of the playbook Mm -hmm. and like stuff like that um but also why were none of his friends at the party and bo callahan like they paint him they're like well he lies just so you know he lies so like kevin costner goes right down why weren't your friends at your party this is why you know like Mm -hmm. and so you never know kind of like which way it's gonna go which i love about this movie is because even when he's when he's about to select number one um he calls in the ticket and the dude who's in a bunch of other movies. Kevin Dunn. Kevin, yes, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Gives the thumbs up to Anthony Molina, right? And so you're like... That was a, that was a dick move on his was, part. Like, Molina's got his fresh jersey there. He's like ready to walk out and shake his hand. And that guy just kind of psych. That's why not like that. It might be my number one question of like, what was he thinking? Yeah. Because <laughs> he gives her the thumbs up like, we're taking Bo. And he knows they're taking Vontae Mack. Like he knows this is going to be the most talked about decision on SportsCenter for like the next three months or until the season starts. Oh, for the rest of the season at yeah. least. So it's kind of like when we took Anthony Bennett, right? And the Cavs NBA draft, mm, we took yeah. him at number one. And everybody was like, what the fuck are we thinking? Mm-hmm. And we're like, just wait. Yeah. With the first pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select. Anthony Bennett Whoa! of Toronto, Canada, and the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. 
after one year at UNLV. Becomes the first player taken in the 2013 NBA draft. Reese, I need medical help. <laughs> <laughs> the look of shock on your face. Oh my God. And you see Bennett walking up, getting the congratulations from John Calipari, the Kentucky coach, and Nerlens Noel's coach. And you saw the disappointment on Noel's face that he wasn't selected number one. A sense of pride there. Everybody wants to be the number one pick, especially if you're in the conversation. These are the nights that players remember competitively. Thanks, Reese. Here are the number one pick. Jabbar, Magic, LeBron, Bennett. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good, man. I mean, you know, being the number one pick has a lot of, you know, a lot of name to it. But, you know, I just feel like it's the game of basketball. So I'm going to call here, you know, work hard, um, encourage my teammates, you know, and just do what I can. You're the highest drafted Canadian ever. What's this mean? for you and for Canada. I mean, it's history, man. Hopefully we can repeat it, you know, next year with Andrew Wiggins coming in. But, you know, it's just a, a great honor, you know. Um, I'm speechless right now. I can't even know. I don't even know what to say, basically. <laughs> Grace, number one pick, Anthony Bennett. Congratulations. I bet you're still waiting. I forgot about, I for, oh, I'm, I've been waiting. Yeah, I forget. I forgot about the thumbs up part. Like huge miscommunication. Like maybe he like pricked his finger on a staple. and He's like, I'm okay. Or he's just, just like, I'm just up. letting you know we got the pick. Just happy to see you, boss. Thumbs up. Um, <laughs> the phones work. Yeah. So up. like the whole time. And so like then when he's not picked, he like runs out. And Sean Diddy Combs is like. Which was great because that added to the the lore of him being a coward. Yeah. Right? Like from the game footage where he only performs when Vontae's not in there to the draft when he things don't go his way and he can't react under pressure. That yeah. was great. Well, isn't so this whole thing kind of because when did we draft? What was this fucking Johnny Football? Johnny Football. When did 2015 or so? I think so. Like this whole thing. It was thing, close. Yeah. It was close. So, like, this whole thing kind of mirrored real life. And because he was sitting there and, you know, texting, let's wreck this league and stuff like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Like, <laughs> But he was dropping. Like, we got him at 21, I think, right? Let's see. He was the 22nd pick in 2014. So that was this year. So, shit. They couldn't have made the movie, like, overnight. Right. But it was so It was pretty close. fucking prophetic, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that like, guy, the fun thing. That, I didn't even realize that. That Yeah, that Bo Callahan was Johnny Manziel, essentially. Yeah, we took he, Bo. Maybe Manziel doesn't want to go to Cleveland. I remember Brady Quinn. He slipped. Remember? Everybody thought Brady Quinn was going in the top five. He slipped and he went all the way to Cleveland. Cleveland hasn't worked out very well for a lot of quarterbacks. So Cincinnati. maybe Manziel is hey. crossing his fingers, hoping somebody else. With the 22nd pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Johnny Manziel. Quarterback, Texas A&M.
from Browns owner Jimmy Haslam at dinner at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine, and he told me that looked me in the eye and said, Johnny Manziel's the most exciting football player he's ever seen. Now we heard that from David Cutcliffe too, of Duke, and, and as John Gruden just said, energizing the fan base. Well, we're hearing it right here uh, in the music hall, but he does have the hand size to play in the cold weather, especially when you play in Cleveland. And that weather, and yes, they like Brian Hoyer, so they can they can work him in there. And this really is a Jimmy Haslam pick because Jimmy Haslam, the Browns owner, was his biggest champion. And if you don't think things are turning around in Cleveland, check out this. They have double third round picks, double fourth round picks. They have cash, and they have two number ones next year as well to go along with Johnny Football and Justin Gilbert. So Cleveland went. We did. We did. We drafted both. The Browns. We drafted Bo. I wonder who Vontae was that year. Let's see. 2014 NFL draft. Oh, oh, Jadavion Clowney was the first pick that year. <laughs> there you Although go. He's so he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's an, he plays defensive end. He also yeah. played for the Browns. Yeah. Wow. And then hated us. And when did, so let's see, that was the draft. So that would have taken place in May. And this, so when did this movie come out? April 7th, 2014. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that is phenomenal. <laughs> That is that's Just like adds to the lore, doesn't it? I mean, that's like spooky. Like if you're if you are even close to a football fan, know the story of Johnny Manziel. What a shit stain he was. <laughs> like, man, you just have to watch this movie and and every time they say Bo, just think Johnny Football. Mm-hmm. Wow. No offense if Johnny Manziel is one of our listeners. I mean, uh, a little offense. You don't have to keep listening, <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, that's that's crazy. That is crazy. Your mind is blown over there. It was. Your I mean, eyebrows it is. have not come down. In no. <laughs> I'm going to have a migraine in a minute. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. Where the hell is Sonny, guys? We're on the clock here. Yeah. I don't know. Should be here. Okay, so the Browns now have 10 minutes on the clock to make a choice. And if they don't do that in that time, the team picking behind them can then jump up and potentially steal away the player the Browns wanted. It's a situation we saw play out in 2003 with the Minnesota Vikings, and it happened again in 2011 with the Baltimore Ravens. Sonny, yeah, Yeah, thank God. Yeah, I was wondering what you were doing. Yeah, it's go time, boss. Okay, uh, yeah, what name do you want the commissioner to say? Hey guys, he's here. Sonny, thank God. Where you been? We're on the clock. Sonny, when are we sending in the ticket? Yeah. I already sent the ticket. You you did what? What You You sent the ticket. It's tradition. We all sent. New tradition, guys. All right, when this team starts winning, We'll go back to that. And the pick is finally in. It's currently being brandished by some walkie-talkied individual taking it up to the commissioner's podium. A big, humongous pick for the Cleveland Browns. Now, to find out whose name is on that card, here is the commissioner, ready to make history in Cleveland. With the first pick 
of the 2014 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select. So the highlight of the draft is twofold. Number one is the pick of Vontae Mack as the first round, uh, the first pick of the draft, which is a shock to everybody because Sonny picks him with the first round pick when he likely could have gotten him at whatever spot they were at, seventh, I think. And while this is all going on, what happens is because Bo Callahan was not picked first, all the other GMs are like, well, what's wrong with Bo Callahan? They're all kind of like, like spooked, like something, somebody knows something, Sonny knows something. Yeah. And they're all just kind of thrown off their game. And I wonder, like, that's not something I ever would have considered. So I wonder if that's like... I wonder how accurate that was. Like when people slip in the draft. Yeah. Because like, we hear about it every year. Like this person did not get taken and then like fell to. And I you mean, want, even not to keep comparing, but Johnny Menzel going like 22nd. And you wonder, and that's, man, it's a really is a perfect example because <laughs> I feel like the reason he wasn't picked, and I don't know if this is just my opinion or if this was actually stated, was that he was like a, like a discipline case, like a. Well, he didn't study. Didn't, right? He didn't, he was, he was like. <laughs> all the things Bo Callahan did. Yeah, well... I don't because, know who came to his birthday party, but... <laughs> well, everybody, because he was like Gatsby, right? He would, like, throw... He was just drunk and coked up and and, <clears throat> and jumping on floating swans. Um, uh, and, yeah, <laughs> and using the, the the bricks of money as a cell phone and all yeah. that. Yeah, and then we had Baker Mayfield, who was running from the cops when he was drunk, you know, and getting tackled and everything like that, but, like... This movie gets more and more prophetic. <laughs> these, these quarterbacks who scramble... Right, because the play gets broken because they don't know the play, you know, like, right. and it's just, and then they slip. Like, obviously, they won, they won Heisman's and everything like that, which obviously right. GMs are going to look at and be like, this person's probably great because they won the Heisman. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes they say, just pull the talent out of their ass. This gave me the the impression that that's not super important. Sunny Sunny Weaver is my favorite GM in all of football now. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a I can't think of a better <laughs> GM like in real. NFL football, but him being so dead set on the fact that nobody's perfect, including Bo Callahan, was really kind of like like it was very it was like a it was like a blue collar approach to what is essentially like a white collar business. Right. And it was very cool to see him not take no for an answer when pressed. Like when when everybody was just like, Yeah, this kid's good, he's golden, he's perfect. He was he he kept driving home like, no, he's not. And I need you to find out why. And if you don't, if you can't, I'm going to find out myself. And the one, the one person that I felt bad about was Tom Welling, right? Brian Drew. Uh-huh. Who was the Browns quarterback. Uh, he was their starting quarterback already. And so fake he, Browns. Well, I mean, are we calling them the fake Browns? I mean, the movie Browns, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah, the movie Browns. But yeah. Reminded he, me of Brian Hoyer. Absolutely. 100%. 100% <laughs> Brian Hoyer. He's sort of the one who's in the most dark. He's yeah. in the most dark well, of all of this. No, no control over his own fate. Right, which was really interesting to see because I don't know that you like. I don't know that we understand that because you hear like so and so was traded to so and so. There's got to be like a myriad of reasons why that that we might never know, which was all shown in this behind the scenes exploration of this process. Right. It could be pressure from the GM, pressure from the fans. 
ultimately somebody decides this person's fate like they're a commodity, right? Like, yeah. essentially, Brian Drew was just waiting around the whole movie to find out what was going to happen for happen to him. That would have killed me. Yeah. Like, forget about pressure on the field. That that waiting game, like, on draft day to see when, I think it was when Vontae Mack gets picked, he's finally able to be like, oh, they didn't take Callahan, I'm still the quarterback. Yeah. Like, that would have been, that would, I mean, he did go in and trash Sonny's office, which right. was... Well, and he like hugged his family because like they're not like they're just all watch, like he, they're watching the TV to see if he's about to be fired, right? Like exactly, yeah. Or at least like go from his dream job, or or un- at the very least thrown into an uncertain future. Yeah, that they're all kind of reduced to numbers as well, right? Like as soon as somebody gets picked, like Allie is trying to figure out how much they have in salary cap and everything like that, and then when Bo drops down to six or whatever, they're like, mm-hmm. "You just saved six million dollars." Seven million dollars, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just weird how, like what you were saying, like they're they're commodities. They're like commodities with a certain type of value. And if you can't match up with the salary cap and what they're trying to figure out, like it doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter like how good of a person you are, how much you believe in the team, how much you love the city. You're gone. Right. You know, like it's all it's really a numbers game. And it's and it's a what you do on the field type of game. And that was like the, the, the last part of this movie where he's negotiating the deals to after he picks Vontae Mack and then uh, Bo Callahan starts slipping and he realizes like, okay, there's still something I can do here. Part of that really worked for me, but part of that was like, well, what if Bo Callahan didn't slip? Right. Then you'd just be kind of screwed, right? And I guess that's the, like, you have to suspend the disbelief. Like, we need to get a movie and a happy ending out of this. <laughs> and so, but that whole sequence of him calling the other GMs and, like, buffaloing them into, um, you know, doing what he needs them to do so that he can recoup his picks and make another awesome pick and all that. And go it, to the very nervous GM and it, then just Oh, start, it was like... great. It was perfect. <laughs> it was like him, to bring it back to Boiler Room, it was like when Vin Diesel calls the doctor in Boiler Room when he calls the Jacksonville GM yeah. and he just just railroads this dude but he's so slick and smooth about it and like not not even like cynical not even like mean spirited he's just doing a better job well, and I like how it's guy. because it's like who can we buffalo right, right. Jacksonville and it's right. like yeah maybe you know like right if it wasn't like Detroit Lions or something like that, because they also have like the Chiefs in here and they have the Seahawks and they're obviously better teams than the Browns have been for the past 20 years. So mm-hmm. like, I think it's stated at the very beginning, right? Like the Seahawks are like, who can we, who can we trick? Right. And so they're like, oh, the Browns. Oh, who's desperate. Yeah. yeah. Who's desperate. And then, <laughs> and then it's almost like serendipitous. Like Sonny, he says that, like who's desperate. And then his phone rings, Sonny Weaver Jr. Yeah. It's like that was a little heavy handed, but. And probably, well, I mean like from the, I wonder too, from the outside looking in like you know like because I'm sure people look at the ske- their schedule right and they see the Browns and they go it's probably a win mm-hmm. right yeah like the people not like us who are like oh maybe this year you know right. type of thing like with this desperate hope that we have like I wonder from the outside if that part resonated as much like who's desperate if they look at the Browns and be like ha, 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 probably kind of like how we are to ourselves right the kicking our own teeth in no I see what you're saying and it's interesting because in major league they played that element for laughs yeah right it was like the indians were so bad that they like it was it was comedic here it's like 
it's more high stakes. You get the real feeling that like not only is Sonny's job on the line, but probably Ali's, probably you know any everybody who's part of his regime because that's what they do. I mean, I mean the Browns have a new coach like every three games, right? Yeah. Like there's a new coach or a new GM or a new something installed every every like twice a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they played it very very dramatic without being over dramatic. Yeah, and the only thing that I think like this movie. We have not had. We don't have a Dennis Leary coach. No, he wasn't my favorite because again, it was like he did that whole. Th- and every movie he's in, he's got to do one of those like rants. And did he have one of those? He, oh yeah, it was when he was sitting at the table with her and he rattled off the play. Uh-huh. He's like, "Which one of these guys is gonna go? Uh, gonna know a ninety-five, ninety-six naked milkshake, thirty-six <laughs> flipper to the outside with a running hamburger on the." Th- I you thought know. you were gonna say when Ray Jennings took off because he had like that whole thing where he's like talking to like. The, the goon squad, right? Oh, he's, he's like, boom, Ray Jennings yeah. teleports 98 yards. Yeah. yeah that he's like, thing. hey, Sonny, I was just telling the boys here about... Uh... No, he, your Dennis Leary is great. We have such a <laughs> repository of impressions on this show. Mine's like, like Scarf, like Al Capone. You uh, mean Al Pacino? No, Bugsy. What was the old actor's name? Warren Beatty? Older. Bugsy? Yeah. Warren Beatty was Bugsy and Dick Tracy. I know, but like I'm talking like 1940s. There was an actor that... James Cagney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know about James Cagney is when Michelangelo does the impression in Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. That was my dentist lyric. Okay, not bad. But um, <laughs> he, I, I, I can't, my only beef with him was when he was like, there's no fancy people in Cleveland, which I don't love fancy people, but for some reason that like, that irked me a little bit. Like, hey, watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> you know, like I'm not a fancy person. You're, I don't think you're a fancy person. I don't know a ton of fancy people. Can I get you gentlemen some coffee? Love some. Light and sweet, honey, thanks. Yeah, I'm not getting you idiots anything. I like her. Little Miss Salary Cap. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, she's the best. Why am I here, Sonny? Because Melina thinks you coached the Cowboys. I did coach the Cowboys. And I think you were a bad babysitter. You know, my wife loved living in Dallas, Sonny. It's a rich town full of fancy people, and she likes that kind of thing. So she wasn't exactly thrilled when I said, hey, baby, pack your bags. We're moving to Cleveland. Well, there's fancy people here, too. No. There's really not, which is okay by me. But I dragged my pretty wife to this town because this city deserves a championship, and I'm the guy that can deliver it. Well, then we're on the same page, Vance. Oh, yeah? Then keep me in the loop. There is... No loop, all right? There's me doing my job, you doing yours. Your job is to coach the team I give you. They do it different in Dallas? Yeah, they do. They win. A lot. I had my choice of teams to coach, Sonny, and I chose this team, okay? I chose to coach this team. Not the team you're putting together in your head on the fly because your old man died last week and you're tapping one of your execs. What did you just say? I'm sorry, is that supposed to be a secret? You know, around here, we called my old man, Coach Weaver. And yes, my father died last week. So next time you refer to his name, next time you say it, at least in front of me, you say it with some goddamn reverence because he earned it. Fair enough. It is funny that we watched Buffaloed, right? Which is so Buffalo Bill-centric. And this movie was actually supposed to be Buffalo Bills. And then they realized... Really? Yeah. It was supposed to be Buffalo. And then they go, you know what? We could do it, Cleveland Browns, and do it for cheaper. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, oh, really? Is that what happened? Yeah, so, well, that makes sense. I mean... So then they film here and do that. I think what I heard from... My father, who sometimes came up with stories, but he was like, no, 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 Kevin Costner loves Cleveland, which I've heard. I heard Kevin Costner loves us and wanted the film to be a Cleveland Browns film. So, I mean, in terms of the one thing I did like about Dennis Leary was that he said um, it was in that same speech where he's like, the people of this city deserve a championship. Like, that was pretty cool, even though it was kind of like it seemed kind of canned the way he said it. Yeah. Like it was in his speech to try and like puff up his chest and, you know, not keep his job, but like, you know, maneuver Sonny where he wanted him to. That kind of resonated sort of the same way as like the major league um, (laughs) vibes, I guess. Rick, the intern, says, can I get you a soda? And Sonny says, no, I don't want a soda. No Clevelander has ever used the word soda ever. Us Clevelanders use the word pop. And I was like, right on. Who wrote this? (laughs) I still say soda because I live. You know, out east for 10 years. Yeah, my mom was from Jersey, so... But she even goes, I don't know where you picked up the soda, because I say pop. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Maybe because I want to be more your roots than ever. So, who did write this movie? Who wrote it? Good question. I usually have that. Rajiv Joseph. I don't know that person. Um, American playwright, finalist for the 2010 Pulitzer Prize for Drama. So, relatively unknown. Yeah, I figure that Ivan Reitman probably just... I forgot Ivan Reitman directed this. This This was was his his last last movie. Yeah. Wow. Which, weirdly enough, I mean, he must have been sick because this was 2014. He died in 2022. Oh, maybe. That I don't know. But this was such like a... I don't think of Ivan Reitman like dramatic movies like this. I think of Ghostbusters and Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. You want to do five questions? Sure. All right. So five questions is a relatively new tradition. Can I get you a tissue? No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Do you want some nose drops? No. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that the, the, the pet fur and the bear would be... I think it's the bear. Do you really think it was the bear? I, like, because I touched my eyes after it, and so like that's my eyes are like dry. I cannot overstate enough to you, listener, that we actually moved a bear. Yeah. Like a legit... Like, like I arms wrapped around him, hands under the armpits. Like a bear hug. Yeah, like a bear hug. <laughs> All right, five questions where we Google the movie and five questions... Uh, people also ask will okay. come up. The first one, oh, wow, is the movie Draft Day based on a true story? No, it almost inspired a true story. <laughs> or it's like some weird mirror. So listen to this. The storyline about Brian Drew, this is from IMDb, being a good QB but weak and injury prone is based on the New York Giants Super Bowl MVP quarterback Phil Sims, who came to the Giants amid hopes until his lack of physical strength and toughness called his future with the Giants into question. Now, there were probably a handful of quarterbacks you could say that. About. Yeah. A handful of players. So almost I mean, reminds me of Dennis Quaid's character from Any Given Sunday when he lost his. Cap Rooney. Yep. I'm a football player. Give me more. I'm a football player. You got to turn up the juice. Turn up the juice. <laughs> Weeze the juice. De- <laughs> Weeze the juice. <laughs> Dennis Leary always looks like he has a sour candy in his mouth to me. I like how Dennis Leary just, we just. Oh, not Dennis Leary. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid always looks like he has a sour candy in his mouth. Um, before we get into question two. So on the Wikipedia, they talk about the 2014 NFL draft. Okay. As in the film, the Cleveland Browns made splashes at the draft, trading up to select quarterback Johnny Menzel with the 22nd pick. The team also made several deals, trading away their fourth pick to the Buffalo Bills, but for their ninth pick, as well as their 2015 first round pick. This is like that confusing shit that they just did so well in the 
They later traded up to the eighth pick to draft Justin Gilbert. Finally, after watching Manziel drop farther than projected, they again traded up for the 22nd pick. Chris Berman, who played himself in the fictionalized draft, commented at the 2014 NFL draft that the events surrounding the Cleveland Browns were more exciting than the film. Unlike the film, the Browns selected the much-hyped Heisman Trophy winning quarterback as opposed to passing on Bo Callahan, the fictionalized first pick favorite. I think we fucked up the real draft. Oh, we yeah. should have went with the movie. <laughs> you think? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Johnny Manziel, star of the Canadian Football League, I think, maybe, for a season. Yeah, no, this, I can, th- probably the last, like, I don't know, dozen drafts, I would much rather have Vontae Mack and Ray Jennings <laughs> and haven't even seen him play a pro game, but, like, they, yeah. they painted him so well in the movie. We haven't had a good linebacker since 2014. I mean... Or, like, if any of our linebackers are listening, you're great people, but, like... <laughs> You haven't changed the game. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't made a splash? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. We haven't. All right. I was going to make a Ray Lewis joke. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Next question. What a piece of shit. Next (laughs) next question. Who streams the movie Draft Day? Nobody. Actually. Actually, I did watch it on a streaming. I have the DVD, but I watched it. I said it at the beginning of the show. Did you prime? No. Technically, this isn't streaming, I don't think. No, it is. HBO Max. Cinemax. Yeah, that's streaming. And it's on all the time, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Is Vontae Mack a real NFL player? No. No. That's Black Panther right there. Show some respect. And yeah, there's really nothing to add to that. Is Bo Callahan a real player? No. Kinda. <laughs> Although we did not did not realize it at the time, but striking similarities to Johnny Football, aka Johnny Manziel, Jerry O'Connell from Jerry Maguire, Kushlash. Oh Kush-lash. yeah, 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 and um, Joe Kane. Yeah, Joe Kane. And I would have taken Rod Tidwell. Fuck yeah. What's his face from the program? Latimer? No, not Latimer. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, Latimer would have been bad news. Um, I know who you're talking about. D- uh, Darnell Jefferson? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Man, that would be a good like sidebar to, to draft a we should movie do a, football team. That could be like a special episode of Rushmore. A yeah. fantasy football draft. Fantasy, but like the, pers- like the character in their position yeah. to the football team. Wow, I'd have to think about that for quarterback. That'd be super confusing. <laughs> it had to be fictionalized I mean, quarterbacks. Ray Finkel, kicker. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Although, actually, I really did like... Oh, you know how I pick his quarterback would be uh, Shane Falco from The Replacements, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And I like the kicker from that movie, too, but I can't remember his name. He was the British guy who was, like, into the mob or something, and he's, he's Nigel. It was some, Nigel something. He smoked all the time when he was on the field. That's a good movie, too. See, I'd pick Willie Beeman just to piss you off. That's fine. Steaming Willie Beeman. I mean, Al Pacino took him. And it's stupid, new team at the stupid end. Stupid rap video. I hope the Aztecs make it to the. Uh, I was going to say the, not liking the film. You could like. I've watched it, man. Recall, I mean, like, no yeah, other. no, that's that's either my brain or I, maybe I've watched it more than I thought. I was going to say. Um, I really like Cameron Diaz in that movie. She's she's fine. Cameron Diaz and Jennifer Gardner running a football team. I would camp out all night for tickets to that movie. <laughs> yeah, Steeman Willie Beeman and his stupid rap video. The greatest part they of that movie. They call me Willie. Yeah. Willie Beeman. <laughs> Last question. Um, what does Vontae Mack no matter what mean? Oh, that is what he writes on the green slip of paper. Because no matter what, he was going to get confused during the day. Everything was going to come at him and whatnot. And he knew that Vontae Mack was going to be his person from the morning of. He writes it down literally watching sports center tear him apart i think 
on TV and then he takes the paper and writes it down and then we see at the end of the day it's Dennis Leary who opens it right um, it's yeah Jennifer Gardner no. reads it on his she desk she sees it on his desk and hands then, it back yeah. to him and then he drops it That's after right. he makes the pick and then Dennis Leary reads it the only thing my biggest gripe with the film is the close up shots of the green slip of paper because he writes it at the kitchen island and then there's a close up shot of him putting it in his pocket like I didn't need that like I, I'm already curious about that green piece of paper that I don't was overkill that, yeah I don't need that okay. insert shot got it so I could go be like oh I'm gonna track that green piece of paper like no I got like <laughs> where is one. it this whole time <laughs> it's neon green <laughs> did Brian Drew steal it I'm is sure it he wasn't like pocket? oh pick up bread on the way home <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right do you want to hear my predictions if these were the real Browns? Yes. All right, let's close out so we can get you outside, get you some fresh air, <laughs> get you some allergy medicine. All right, if they were the real Browns. So this is a happy prediction, or is it a happy prediction? This is realistic predictions okay. based on our Cleveland Browns um, heritage and, and lore. Okay, um, Brian Drew, I just wrote massage parlor scandal. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Vontae Mack. Torn ACL, game three. Yeah. Probably accurate. Um, I would say pectoral. Okay. Because he I reminds can. me kind of uh, one of my favorite Browns of all time was Quell Jackson. Quell Jackson. Yep. That was like 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's still my fav- favorite linebacker. Okay. I don't remember like one that we had. So Vontae Mack goes the Dequell Jackson route. Ray Jennings, you'll like this one, crashes his motorcycle in front of friendlies. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, that was Kellen Winslow. Kellen Winslow, yeah. Who then went and like raped elderly women. Didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, I just wanted to make the friendlies joke. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that at yeah, all. Yeah, he broke into like an 80-year-old woman's house and like... Oh my. Let's... Oh. Allegedly? No, I think he was convicted. <laughs> that made me feel icky. Ray How Jen- do you like that friendlies joke? <laughs> it's not... It does not make me feel like I want to fribble. Okay. Anthony Molina goes behind Sonny's back to trade for Callahan after the draft hype was over. Then his business dealings are investigated for fraud. So that's right up there with Haslam, mm-hmm. I think. Yep, a little flying J. Coach Penn, one in 17 first season, three, no, one in 17 first season, three in 16 second season, fired, replaced by Eric Mangini. Oh, the Mangini. <laughs> the Mangini. The The Mangina. I really wish Chudzinski had more than one year. You're going to like this one. Tony Bagel. Do you remember who Tony Bagel was in the movie? Was he the intern? No. Oh. Tony Bagel was the strength coach. Who okay. was like, hey, boss, you're not going to believe Brian Drew came in here. He put up 300 pounds 100 million times. He was training real Cleveland Browns center mm-hmm. Alex Mack. Yep. Yep. Tony Bagel, fired for a series of racist tweets prior to the 2024 election. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably. Maybe a little judgy, but that's the vibe I got. I mean, there was probably a staph infection in that group anyway. Bo Callahan, rookie bus, XFL, Dancing with the Stars. Cocaine. That's assumed. That's that's assumed. (laughs) Sonny Weaver, fired, picked up by New England. New England becomes another dynasty. I think we can relate to the uh, Bill Belichick. um, Shoot, who was the other guy? (laughs) Belichick and uh, who was the other guy? No, I can't remember. I mean, if we're thinking GMs, like you would say Ozzie Newsom, right? That went to the Ravens. The Ravens, yeah. Bill Belichick. And anyway, Sonny would be fired, picked up by New England, and New England becomes another dynasty. The intern fired for selling Browns merchandise on eBay. Yep. And Allie was the only one we couldn't figure out. I guess she inherits the team and brings in Cameron Diaz, and they just run roughshod all over the NFL. And the only thing I could think of was that she would become a sideline reporter. Ah, perhaps. To have the baby, right? 
Right. Just died that the stress of inside those rooms, not good for her, but she knows everything about football, so she becomes a sideline reporter. That would be, I would watch the shit out of that movie. Yeah. Maybe she becomes a sideline reporter who's Mm. also a vigilante. I was going to say who befriends mutant turtles. Man, you brought it all the way back to my childhood. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. If the April O'Neil was actually an NFL sideline reporter played by Jennifer Gartner. Now you're, this is some fantasy casting that, that, that I, I was not prepared to discuss and it's Man. blowing my mind. Just to get away from football, what if Jennifer Gardner was April O'Neil instead of Megan Fox? That would have been amazing. What if a fucking mop with a bucket on its head was April <laughs> O'Neil instead of Megan Fox? I mean, come on. Um, I'm going to find who this person is that I'm thinking of as soon as you leave. Bill Parcells. There you go. That's who I'm thinking of. He was a Browns? He was... No. No, 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 no. I don't know why. No, I was wrong about that. <laughs> um, I could help you not. Bill Parcells. That's the picture I was thinking of. Gotcha. He kind of looks like Pete Carroll, right? Yeah, a little bit. Parcells. That's the name. Yeah, he's got okay. gray hair. Bill Parsons. And he's a guy. And he's wearing <laughs> pants. And a football related Ah, I top. see it now. You know, you see it? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. All right, good. Well, that was going to bother me like the um, the thing from the rundown where he puts the bag of vegetables on his head. I shit you not, that bothered me for six months. And you guys, it was like passing a fucking kidney stone when we were talking about that. And I realized what I was actually trying to remember. So draft day. Final thoughts. How would you grade this episode like you were grading a draft? <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> It depends. If we were doing, like, if this was an essay test, I don't know. Like, oh, we, we were, were all, all over, over the place. place. Yeah. Like, but We didn't come in with a thesis statement or anything. No, but if it was one of those tests where two columns, right, and you're just matching yeah. everything up, bro, ace. Totally. Yeah. I think we could. If we did, like, Bo Callahan was in one column as eight, and then Johnny Menzel was, like, eight in the second column. And it's A8 yeah. is the answer? Yeah. Bro. Nailed it. Okay. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. We're going right. to college. So... <laughs> To quote, I think it was Chris Berman, we took this episode, sprinkled it with fairy dust, created a podcast that the fans of Cleveland are going to be talking about for the rest of their lives. It's not that, but paraphrased, it's pretty much that. Um, this movie got me way more excited than I thought it it possibly could have. And, and I you, think that's a real accomplishment. Yeah, if you saw, like, the whole point of Second Chance Cinema is to give everything a second look. Like, if you saw it once with huge expectations and whatnot and thought you were going to see a movie that you didn't, like, that was your own fault, bro. Like, go back, watch it again, and realize, like, this is a really good movie about... This the only, it's the greatest movie about the NFL draft. That is a fact. Are there others? I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can't. Now you can't. It's a great movie. And we might be a little biased because we're from Cleveland. And Jennifer Garner's in it. And Jennifer Garner's in it. But... And I was at the rap party. Oh, you want to tell this story? I already did. But so anyway... I already did, but here it is. Kevin Costner is in a band, and at every rap party for his movies, he performs for the crew and everything like that. And so he performed for the draft day rap party at the Brothers Lounge, which is off of West 117th, right on the other side of Lakewood in Cleveland, for anybody that doesn't know. And Jennifer Gardner was there, and I was able... My father got me tickets in somehow. I don't know. He knows the owner of Brothers Lounge or something like that. So I got to be at the rap party, and I got a free little DVD. I have even watched it yet but it's a dvd of the performance at the rap party so oh, i thought you were gonna it. say they gave away dvds of draft day no 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 you <laughs> had to go see that movie but we got to see i have record of kevin costner performing in what's his band called uh is the singer in kevin costner and modern west which is a country rock band which he founded with the encouragement of his wife christine it's not called like dancing with wolves or something like that <laughs> something clever like that. i hope he has like a song called that dancing with wolves 
Yep. Oh, man, that would be great. I was also thinking, he is pretty much trying to be, when I was watching draft day, I was like, man, he is trying to do every sport, right? He did Tin Cup. He did Bull Durham. Um, Field of Dreams. Field also. of Dreams. So two baseballs. Now he's got a football under his belt. I think he's due for a hockey. All right. So draft day. <laughs> it's it, we would tra- I would trade up to, to, to see draft day. I would trade up. If I had tickets to, like, Captain Marvel, Yep. I would trade those. Along with my tickets to Ghostbusters 2016. This might be our third season, but it's a first round pick. Wow. Leave it at that. (laughs) Leave it at that. There it is. There's the tagline. All right. Go check out Draft Day. We have really enjoyed talking about it. I apologize for your allergies to the black bear in my basement. Now I I know I'm allergic to black bears. I did not know that was a thing. (laughs) I honestly did not. But now I'm, I'm glad. Now I can tell people when they come over, hey, are you allergic to dogs, cats, or black bears because then we'll need to prepare. Yeah. And we want to thank you, of course, the listener who's stood through all four quarters of this of this uh, episode. We hope that our draft pick here doesn't disappoint in the upcoming season, unfortunately, like many Browns picks seem to do. But this is different. This is good. This feels right. We can build a franchise around this episode. <laughs> all right? All right. For Second Chance Cinema, I am MC. I'm Spro. And we will catch you later. It's a catch-up pun, too. No, but that's good. (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles have traded the 22nd pick to the Cleveland Browns. With the 22nd pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Johnny Menzel. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you could reach us at secondchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You could find us on Twitter at MCNSpro or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us. Leave a review wherever you listen and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible and isn't that really the whole point now go on and have a beautiful day you wonderful person you and if it's not a beautiful day outside stay in and rediscover a gem from the past Johnny. I'm sorry, that deal's now off the table. What? We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. Come on. What? What do you want now? I want my picks back, and I want David Putney. I need a punt returner. Where the hell that come from? It doesn't matter. I want all my picks back, and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? You make this deal right now, Tom, and you get Bo Callahan. Say it with me. You get Bo. Come on, Tom. Say it with me, you pancake-eating motherfucker. (laughs) 